You're listening to iFanboy.com, Pick of the Week podcast, episode 43, sponsored by ComicHole.com. Welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast. This is our 43rd episode, which is dangerously close to the 50s, which I believe indicates a year. <gasps> anyway, I'm Josh, and I'm here with Ron. Hey. And Connor. Hi. We are iFanboy.com. And what is that, you might ask? Well, it's a website where we started because we like comics and we like to talk about them, and every week we will read a whole bunch of them, and then one of us will do their Pick of the Week or the the comic book they thought to them was the best thing that they read that week, write up a review, and people talk about that review on the website, and then we come here and record a podcast about it, which is what we're doing now. Now, we're going to get on to the pick in a second, but we've learned the disclaimer is important. It's a review show. You've had a few days to read them by now, at least, so there may be some spoilers. We're going to talk about things that happened in the books from this week, so if you haven't got a chance to get through your books, you haven't picked up your books yet, uh, be warned. It should be noted that that while I am uh, once again in sunny Los Angeles and, and Connor is in uh, beautiful Brooklyn, Ron is 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 found his way to the Pacific Northwest. Yes, I am in um, actually now sunny Seattle. Really? Yeah, which is it was overcast this morning, but now it's um now it's actually nice out. So um, the wonders of the internet. First time in Seattle. Yes, it's my actually my first time in the Pacific Northwest ever. Have actually, you tried heroin yet? No, not yet. Oh, but I've been I've, I've been offered by some guy in flannel standing outside my hotel. Nice. Yeah. Now there's a guitar and a stubble. <laughs> no. You should go see Alice in Chains while you get the chance. He's dead, isn't he? Yeah, that's the joke. Yeah. Although I and heard I'm, I heard an ad for their for a concert for them the other day, and I was like, I, no, I think they're still going. I think what's his face, the guitarist dude, is still going with Whatever. it. Whatever. Good, good for him. I'm looking for a place. I'm looking for a place, place to get a good piece of pie. <laughs> so that's that's my plan. Now, right. Isn't it appropriate we had music talk because of the pick of the week, Ron was. The pick of the week was... It's not um, going to let us flounder any longer. <laughs> Yay, Seattle. So the pick of the week uh, this week was actually uh, a surprising one to some, um, and it was uh, Phonogram number 1 by Image Comics. Uh, this week was... Actually, I think we all, all three of us were kind of celebrating this week because it was... You know, I only bought seven books. Uh, Connor, didn't your purchase wasn't wasn't yours like in the teens? Did you spend like fourteen dollars or something like that? Fourteen dollars. Uh, I, I paid with cash. I spent a nice. merciful fifteen dollars. Nice. So it was like one of those like breath of fresh air kind of weeks, and it was actually kind of a good week for time uh, in terms of timing, because any other week, a book like Phonogram probably would have gotten pushed down the stack with with you know Civil War and Fifty Two and all the other amazing superhero kind of things happening, but since there was it was a lighter week. Um, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to consider some books that we don't normally talk about. Um, leading into it, um, I, I was you know, I was kind of torn trying to decide which one was going to be the pick. Um, out of the seven books I bought, there were three kind of front runners. Um, the first one being The Boys, number one, by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. Um, Fell, number six, by Warren Ellis and Ben Templesmith. And then Phonogram, number one, by Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. I probably mispronounced those names, and I apologize. Um, we'll get to the you know the boys and fell in a little bit, but um, phonogram really stuck out to me because, um, and I, I don't know who I was with. I might have been it might have been one of you, or it might have been Gordon the intern, or somebody in San Diego. But at at one point when we were walking around the convention, do you remember we walked by the image booth, and I kind of stopped, and I and I just paused, and I looked at the image booth for a second, and then we just kept on going. Do you guys remember I, I that moment? I don't remember anything about that whole week. Okay, well, <laughs> probably being bombarded with people. All I remember is what we shot on video. If it wasn't on those tapes, 
<laughs> it may as well not have happened. Well, what it, what had happened was is that I'd walked by the image booth and I saw hanging off the ta- one of the tables was a poster for Phonogram, and it was the cover of the first issue, I believe, which um, is up on ifanboy.com, which you can take a look at. And just for some reason, it just jumped out at me, and I just I just kind of took a mental picture of it, and I said, I got to remember that title. I got to, you know, this that, that, I think that's going to be something I'm into. And I don't know if it was the name Phonogram or the fact that there's a record as the O and the logo, or the fact that the cover art just seemed very familiar to me. It just seemed like it just seemed, you know, and, and you could tell by looking at it, the people on the cover are of the, you know, like there's, you know, you know, girls with short, short haircuts and with a Union Jack flag, and one girl's got a lot of, you know, eye makeup, and her shirt says Riot Slut, and, um, and the guy looks somewhat, um, somewhat, you know, wearing all black and with his, you know, kind of indie rock glasses, and it says, hmm, this looks like something that, that's probably something I'm going to be interested in giving my interest in music. So finally, um, it came out, and I picked it up and read it, and it was awesome. I mean, it was really cool. Um, it's, you know, dripping in pop culture and Britpop music references, which is probably one of the reasons why I, I ended up picking it, because as you guys know, I love Britpop, and I love, you know, pop culture and all that kind of stuff. Um, basically, it's the first issue of, it's a little bit of a, a cult kind of magic-y twist to it, I guess almost reminiscent of Hellblazer, except that I don't. I never read Hellblazer, so I don't I, know if that's. I read Hellblazer. I, I don't so see where you're going with that. Well, isn't Hellblazer like a little magic-y? I found a lot know? more like Scott Pilgrim in that sense. Okay, I still. I actually have yet to read Scott Pilgrim yet. That's oh. still on my list. I still need to pick that up. Um, but we've got the main character, David Cole, who we're introduced to as he's going to. Um, he's going to a show, a women's uh, lady fest show. Um, <laughs> to see some you know, singer-songwriter girls play, and the main reason why he's going is because apparently he has some sort of nemesis, some sort of woman nemesis who he's never met, and he heard well, That's not the main reason he's going. Well, that's not the main reason. It's one of the re- you know what I mean? Like, he's kind of on the prowl, and he bumps into his nemesis who he's never met, and they kind of throw down, and it kind of starts off this whole idea of this music kind of influenced magical powers, um, and we get a little bit of background of the importance of music and the connection of people and a hint of the kind of powers that are, um, that are associated with them. Um, the art, you know, kind of black and white. It's black and white, kind of detailed lines. You know, not very, um, not very um, complicated. I don't think, but but good storytelling. I thought Jamie McKelvey. I was impressed by the by the layouts and that sort of stuff. Um, very clean, very clean, very, very clean, clean, very consistent too. Yeah, I, and, it's one of those books where you got a bunch of basically a bunch of white people and a black and white book, which can be hard to tell people apart. But he was good at, at differentiating. Yeah, and it and really, I mean, the book reminded me of. Uh, it's a feeling that I haven't had in a few years now. And and for those of you, you know, I know we get a lot of flack or not flack or whatnot because we do talk a lot about superhero books. And you know, with Civil War going on, with all the other, with Infinite Crisis and all that kind of stuff going on, it's hard not to. But I think all three of us do really do appreciate a good indie book. And I've been reading, you know, and I know it's Image, and so I just, I don't know, I, I to these, you know, to this day, I don't know if Image is truly an indie book. It's or an not. indie book. Yeah, I mean, it's I not mean, one the, of the, the big way the way that indie tech, the, the way the Image technically works is, uh, they you you do a book, right, and you deliver it to them, and then they distribute it through their means, and then they take a piece of it, and and you pay them back for the money they spent, and you get to keep the rest. You own it. You it is indie. Right. Yeah. And well, I mean, I guess it all depends on your your point of view. I mean, some people see it as the big two and everyone else. Some people see it as the big three, and some people would lump in Dark Horse as the big four. You know. But I think I I, I still believe Image is indie. So well, this is uh, indie. probably ten or fifteen years ago, you could have really made a case for Image 
but Image is not the same as it was before. Right. Nowadays, yeah. it's 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 a distributor for indie works. I mean, if if if, if you don't consider I- Image indie, this book definitely, you know, the book. Oh yeah, this is. this book is completely indie. I mean, and the fact that it's being published by Image just makes it somewhat that much easier to get. Yeah, um, which is which is a good thing. Um, but so so back to my original point is that we do enjoy a good indie book, and and you know the black and white, cool you know you know one um, one creator or sometimes a writer and one and one artist, not a lot you know not a colorist, not an inker, not this whole list of credits. You know, kind of the focused storytelling. And a couple of months ago, we were I know I was bitching on the site about how there you know there weren't really any many indie books like that around recently that I was really in, into. It's so, all zombies or uh, yeah, it's crime. A, exactly, and um, and that really isn't my kind of thing. And even the magic, you know, the, the magic occult kind of twist to this usually isn't my kind of thing. But I think the the Brit pop is 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 enough to get me there. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it was kind of a breath of fresh air to have a a black and white you know indie book again to read and get excited about. And and it's it's hard to and it's hard to describe. And I know this is you know um, the whole point of this is me talking about it and describing it. But it's hard to describe why I liked it or what it was. And I can't just say you know I can't say it was just the art or just the story or just the music or just the thing. But it's just the it's a feeling you get. And I mentioned it in my review. It's hard to it's hard to describe. But it's kind of like you know what it is when you see it. And it just kind of clicks for you. And it's, the same thing happened for, for me with Strangers in Paradise, with Stray Bullets, with all these, you know, kind of um, good black and white, you know, indie books that I've read over the years that you just like, Kane uh, by Paul Grist is one of the ones that the, the, fir- the first moment I saw the cover of the first trade paperback I bought of Kane and Jim Hanley's universe, like back in 1997, I was like, yes, I need to pick that up. And I had that same feeling when I saw that poster, and luckily, thank God it didn't suck. <laughs> I was kind of I was kind of worried that my instincts were rusty, but they um they 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 pulled out a winner. So um so and I know you guys uh, were able to get a, your hands on a copy of this. What did you guys think? Do you guys agree with me or disagree? Or I think reading it, there was no way you couldn't have picked it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was reading it, and going, all right, this is the book for Ron. I mean. <laughs> You're so steeped in the music that is being celebrated in this book that that there's just really no way and it, and to it's get around cool, it. And it's cool because that that's that's a that's a whole kind of you know subculture that is out there and it's gotten more popular in the past five years or so, but not not this aspect of it of going to a CD place and 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 seeing bands play and like that kind of feeling you get from the music. I mean, it's become much more commercial here in the states, but I still think it's um you know I think it's still you know, there's just still pure feeling to it, both in England as in some parts of this of the United States. That, and I think the book really did a good job of capturing that. You can really tell that these guys are into that same kind of stuff, so it's kind of cool in that way. So, I, I just finished it. Like I literally like got home and I read it, and because I knew we had to come and do this. Um, <laughs> we got to come and do this. No, no, I, I wanted to make sure I finished it before we started right. recording. No, no, gotta make the donuts. I, I, I think there was things I liked about it and things that I didn't. I think um, style-wise, it seems to be it's a lot about sort of flashy wordplay. Like he yeah. calls himself a phallomancer, it, I think at one point. No, a phallocrat, which is like, you know, like it's all sort of fancy, intelligent words a lot of times. And I think sometimes that, that for me masked a little bit of what the story was trying to do. Just a little bit. Like it was kind of – some of the dialogue was so uh, – stylized that I, I I didn't quite I couldn't quite follow what the story actually was because it was almost like trying to be too impressive which I think was a, a function of the main character being like this Cock. huh yeah I oh, mean he, he was and I, I I'm 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 getting a little sick of 
of main of the main of the uh, protagonist being like an, a really intelligent chauvinist jerk. Well, and that, but that's the, the but that's the thing is that I, and I kind of I'm picking up on a little bit of it because I think a portion of that was the fact that this is the first issue, mm-hmm. and and I was definitely left with more questions than I had answers, which is what a first issue should do. Sure. Like I like to be honest with you, I don't really 100% understand what exactly is going on. You know, I still you know I'm still kind of curious to see what's going to happen, and I'm not 100% convinced that David Cole is. I mean, he probably is the protagonist, but I'm not 100% convinced that he's he is the protagonist or is even a good guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And no, so like I don't think he is. I mean I right, think he yeah. is the protagonist. There's an ad in the back for the next issue. Yeah. Yeah. And it no, says and I'm the hero. But like he's a jerk. Yeah. And this is but something I think, I think they're playing with that though. I think Maybe. definitely yeah. But I, so, I also feel like it's been played. Maybe with he a thinks bit. he's the hero. Right. Well I have a hard time with it sometimes in that yeah. and I think this is gonna play into we're gonna talk about the boys in a little bit. Yeah. And I have a really it's just me, I have a really hard time when I can't relate to uh, the protagonist in something, if the story is about a person who I genuinely just don't like, I have a hard time liking the story sometimes. And I think that when you look at Preacher, uh, Preacher was a story where it was all sorts of horrible things going on, and the guy was kind of a jerk, but underneath it was his heart. But then when people talk about later Garth Ennis work, some of his characters are just jerks. And I think that's it's sort of one of those things that comes out of sort of that late 90s British writer things. Like, the guy's cool as hell, but he's kind of a jerk, and he's kind of disconnected. And I just kind of got that from this, and I wasn't quite sure. Now, the other side of this is that I, I, I'm familiar with the names of all of the bands that they're talking about. I vaguely, but I don't know them like you do. Right, yeah, and, and, the thi- and it's, it's interesting also because they, which I think is really kind of a cool thing, and, and I don't think they needed to, but they put that glossary in the back. They explained everything. Explained every reference of everything, which is, which is cool, which is, which to be funny, I mean, which is funny because I... I read that entire glossary not because you know because I knew every reference that was in there not like oh I knew every reference but I mean I I got every reference but it was fun to see what how they described it and and how they you know and for somebody who has no idea this could be not only a great entry point into you know into Thomas this kind of st- music story film. but also into the music you know which mm-hmm. is pretty cool and the thing and the thing is is that you, like you can you could have heard of Elastica you know and you could you could see the cover of this book and 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 recognize that this it's the, it's a homage or homage to the to their first record but and i kind of t- you know i kind of in a you know kind of you know kind of sappy kind of way tried to get across what elastica means to me I think you, you did a very good job by the way oh, thank you sincerity thank you. on the podcast yes thank you <laughs> um and or the pick of the week you should go check out ron's pick of the week on the website cuz he goes really in depth into the whole music aspect of it and right. and that's and that's a big part of it and 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 to be i mean and and like i and to be you know completely honest and sincere like i didn't make any of that shit up like i remember that day like it was yesterday up to a certain point that it gets hazy after after like i said after the first song but um and and from that point on i was sold to elastica now unfortunately i mean now that you know we're talking more about music than comics but unfortunately you know elastica was a flash in the pan as in terms of my as far as I figure because they their second record didn't come out until like 2000 and by that point they had all were doing heroin and it was just it was awful and it was just this a sad sad mess and Justine was a shadow of her former self but um but in that moment the the music just meant so much and it's and it's funny to see that this book really drives home that point that to a lot of people a lot of people in this world I think that music is a driving force even if they're not a musician or even if they're not you know somebody who is music by profession However, you know, like this, this focuses very solely on one specific type of music. While the yes. message may be universal, I, I do think that there are definitely going to be, be people out there who this doesn't speak to. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I almost, I almost look at this as, as, I mean, this is very Nick Hornbyan. 
if that's yeah. a word. I, it's yeah. kind of like if Nick Hornby wanted to do Sorcerers. Yes, yeah. Because the yep. way that he talks about the music affecting him and the girls, you know, how music affects them, and it's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. So, anyway, so I dug it. It hit me on a bunch of different um, notes, and and I hear I hear what you're saying, Josh, and and I and to a certain degree, like it wasn't a perfect. It wasn't a. I mean, honestly, to be 100 percent honest, it wasn't a grand slam. It wasn't <laughs> like this. This isn't a, isn't a legendary number one by mine. Sure. By my mind, but if anything, it shows. It showed a, a lot of potential, and I'm hooked for the next issue. Right. And if if anything, it beat out it beat out Boys Number One in my mind, mm-hmm. uh, because really, really, it came down between Boys Number One and this and Phonogram Number One. And I I just think it's not it's gonna be not for everybody. Oh yeah, exactly. No, yeah, yeah. But, but, but we but, don't but forget th- that we wield an awesome and terrible power now. <laughs> yes, we do because now you go out there go. and tell people to buy a book, and they're gonna go, you know, what the hell was that? I don't know squat about Elastica, but. If any of this sounds like it resonates with you, you probably will like the book. It's a well-done yeah. book. The art is great. I'm a big man. I wish I knew the guy who did the art, and he could do my books because <laughs> Jamie McKelvey. Yeah, well, because he right he draws good. He draws good. Um, and and you know, there's obviously a lot of intelligence and thought that's gone behind it. I don't, you know, it takes it takes a while to put these kind of words out, but yeah, I mean, no, but you're right. It's not for everybody. But the thing is, not every comics are for everybody. And, and that's know, a beautiful like, thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I don't buy into the. Normally, I don't buy into the occult and all that kind of, you know, fairies and stuff like that. But you know, this is. He's terrified uh, about his eternal soul. I am. What soul? What soul? Hello. I'm empty. Empty shell filled with music. Anyway, so um, so yeah, phonogram number one. Pick it up, and while you're at it, pick up Elastica's first record. You'll you'll thank us. Um, Um, let's continue on the uh on the non, on the non Marvel DC front. Because boy, yes. it's, it's fun to wade out in these waters, isn't it? It is. Well, we don't. But the thing is, and, and like I said, in the, I think I said it in the comments. You know, we do read these books. It's just that because we pick one book a week, and because there's so many superhero stuffs going on, you know, like, you know, like, I, I know that, you know, I know myself and Josh to a certain degree, Connor not so much, but you'll read it when we recommend it or whatnot. But like, I consider myself an, a fan of indies, mm-hmm. you know, and we just never get to talk about it. It bums me out sometimes. So what does that mean? Mean not so much? Well, you're no, just, I you're just a. You're just like a mainstream guy. That's all. No, I'm kidding. I've got bookshelves full of indie books. I just don't talk about them. Because he's embarrassed. You do. You do. <laughs> How many have we bought for you, though? <laughs> I don't know. Not many. <laughs> you made a mad. All, right, all of us like of the indies. I know. Okay, all of us. So, which one do you want to talk about, Fell or the Boys? Let's start with the Boys. All right, the Boys. Uh, okay, I'll 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 go on this. We we got here is Garth Ennis, uh, who should need no introduction on on writing chores. Um, and then Derek Robertson, who I'm staring at my two Derek Robertson pages from Transmetropolitan on the wall right now, who is a huge favorite artist of mine. Um, I don't really like his art that much. Really? Yeah. I think sometimes it's great, and sometimes it doesn't fit. I think for Transmetropolitan, there's there was not a better artist. I think for this, it was great. I think when he was on um that last Fury thing and and. And uh, what was the other one? He was really good on Wolverine when Rucka was dry, uh, writing it too. Yeah, I think that's what that's what made me not like it. Yeah, well, I didn't like I didn't like that arc. I, I liked I think I liked I actually like Boys, but Boys was the, the, this Boys number one was the best art that I've seen of him. See, I didn't so. I didn't think so so much. I thought the inking on this was a little. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it did his pencils a ton of justice. Wait a minute, did he ink himself on this? Because I'm gonna feel bad. I think he did. I think he did. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Blame the okay, inker. There you go. Well, Who's this inker? There was a Eric Robertson? Who's this guy he thinks he can ink? <laughs> there was a different inker on Transmetropolitan, which to me is the gold standard of his work. Um, yeah. 
and, and it's just got a lighter, it's less rendered, and I, I like that. But that's my own, like, like I like the art um, from Phonogram because it was so clean and there was nice lines. This yeah. is much more rendered, and, and the colored, you know, they're trying to put much more texture in it. But you're still in that what, hole. Did, you're not out what do you guys think? I was let down. I thought you said it was almost your pick. It was, but 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 it wasn't because well, I'm weak. You didn't have a high standard. Yeah, it it, it wasn't because it let me down. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing is that like going into it, I heard a lot about it, and and I mean, and if you don't know about Garth Ennis, you know that he has a strong distaste for superheroes, and so the fact that he's doing a take on superheroes is is enough to be you know kind of curious. But upon reading it, you know, like I thought that it was. I mean, it didn't. And again, it's a number one issue, and I gotta, you know, I gotta pare back the expectations and know that we gotta build up intrigue, and we're just an act one, and all this kind of stuff. But like, I didn't see one character that I f- was, I thought redeemable or interesting. I'm kind of a little over the gratuitous sex and violence and cursing and stuff. You know, what I, I mean? definitely like, am. Yeah, I mean, like the, I mean, the the scene with the with the butcher guy and the chick in her office was just it was I and I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or whatever, but I was just like, oh, it's gratuitous. Yeah, it, it exists for no other purpose than titillation. And but, in comics, like a few years ago, we had never seen that in comics, so it was new. But right. now it's just like it's not doing anything for the story. And but the thing is, is that for some reason, it's all, totally awesome in Preacher. You know, Preacher I mean? had a heart. I think somebody yeah. said it on the website. Preacher had yeah. a heart to it that in the end, like you knew they weren't bad guys. Or you yeah. knew Jesse was a good guy, and yeah. and it wasn't. Did you guys read Wanted? No, no, no. It was very similar to this in that it was about a. It was by Mark Miller, a beautiful, beautiful art by J. G. Jones. Uh, but it was about a guy who found out that his father was a supervillain, and then like he had all these abilities, and he became a supervillain. It was really, really nihilistic. And he would kill people, and he would he would rob, and he would rape people. And at the end of the day, it, it was like that was it about. And so it was out more. It was without. And this is like odd for me to be saying, but it was without moral grounding of any kind. And I was like, I don't want to read a story about somebody who is is sort of worthless. You yeah. know, in that sense, like it it doesn't. A character to me is not interesting just because he's really cool and really tough. And that's all that this main character is. He's really cool and really tough. I'm yep. sure there's some backstory that explains it. And I'm sure that the guy here, who basically is Simon Pegg, may be the most interesting part of it. You know what I'm talking about the guy whose girlfriend got killed. See, I yep. I think to me that se- the whole Simon Pegg segment mm-hmm. hit me emotionally like no comic has hit me in years. No, that was the best part of this book. I mean, I was really like sad for this guy and upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I thought that, I thought that was that was probably the best part of it. I agree. Yeah, because that was yeah. the part that had heart. That was the part you can relate to. I can't relate in in any way to like a guy who's just a prick and is real tough and like this is the same thing as I was talking about with phonogram. Like the main character here is the same kind of aren't I a badass? Like I, I don't like smug people, so I have a hard time yeah. reading it. So conversely, did you get fail number six? Uh, I, I missed it actually. Oh, okay, because. You should, I mean, Connor. Do you know where I'm going with this? Um, Go ahead and talk about it. I don't care. I mean, if if anything, uh, the, the main guy in Fell is, is he's a good guy, and and it, yeah. and and in this issue, more than anything, it you you really you really pick up on that because it's it's it starts off with him on his day off, and he gets and he ends up he he stumbles into a case, and ends up doing you know by far above and beyond the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and and actually, yeah, he can't he can't not ignore people in trouble. Yeah, and it was actually it was actually some. I mean, I actually found myself a little inspired by it. You know, I mean, like it was it was very. Fell number six was very inspiring. Hmm. You know, well, so. the heart of Warren Ellis's work has always been the optimism. Yeah, 
I mean, he's always got the, the tough, badass characters who, you know, throw off one-liners and beat, your, beat you up, but there's, the, there's always a heart of optimism in humanity. And, and it's really about yeah. disappointment in what didn't become of humanity, kind right. of. Like, Spider-Jerusalem was actually an optimist, and he was pissed off that people are such fuckbags. You know what I mean? Like, they're just awful, and I think that's what pissed him off. Yeah. And, and like, you know, if you ever read, like, Ministry of Space, that was sort of based on optimism and the idea that that would be what should happen and things like that. Right. Right, yeah. And I, I think the stuff when they don't, the stuff when I don't like Warren Ellis, um, and I, I didn't read past the first issue of um, Next Wave, I think, but that was again, it was just a thing that was like, look how tough and cool we are. Well, that I mean, and that and that ties, and, and Next Wave, I think, is very similar. Yeah, to but the, people love that, and that's why yeah. Next Wave is popular. Sure, but why, I'm sick yeah. of it. That's why there's so many of these characters in comics is that people like this. Well, you know, like, why does this issue? Why does the boys need to exist? At, like, what is it doing that? Well, I don't think it has anything to do with the main character. I think it just has to do with the fact that. Uh, it's been done so many times before, and by Garth Ennis. Yeah. The whole theme I, of these guys who, you know, superheroes are stupid, and these guys. Well, it's a self-loathing comic you know. book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and well, why yeah, does this somewhat. need to exist after the Authority? Well, that, that's the thing. I think I think if the boys had come out maybe three or four years ago, mm-hmm. at best, it could have been it would have blown us away. But now it's kind of like now that we've been through the ringer with this between mm-hmm. between like you said, Authority and and any other any kind of jab that either DC or Marvel have taken at each other, you know what I mean? Like through the, you know, they've always had these kind of. But like, then there's the fact that it's a number one, and we don't know it could be going in a completely different direction. True, it could. It could. This is a this is largely doubtful, but it's doubtful. this is largely sort of I would call it kind of exploitative and kind of, you know, it's just like shock value comic, and I'm so sick of shock value. I don't. I but, don't have any truck with it anymore at all. Well, yeah, but uh, but if you look if you look but if you look through the I mean I agree I totally like I said I agree with you with the shock value like the cursing and the sex and the violence and stuff like that were I mean were gratuitous and 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 you guys were, are prudes. I, I, no, because I like when it fits and when it's appropriate, prudes. it's a good story. Listen. <laughs> well, because I I realized that that's how we're coming off. You really got a rise out of them there, Connor. <laughs> like, God damn it! I'm not a prude. <laughs> No, but but the thing is, is that I think if you look beyond the gratuitous, uh, gratuitous sex and violence, it's another chapter in whatever this postmodern. That's you know, the that's the the frustrating thing. It's exactly. Not the sex violence. Exactly. It's the fact, the yeah. Thematically, it's just been done to death. I mean, well, this is this is this is. But just then like, again, every you know, thematically, most comics have been. Yeah, they, yeah, but they, I mean, this is. I mean, is is this self-aware kind of self-loathing kind of nudge nudge wink wink bashing on superheroes the the bad girls of the of this decade. Yeah, I mean, like probably, the, the, but to me, the biggest thing is that it's Garth Ennis doing it again. Yeah, yeah. It's not that it's some other person doing it again. It's, well, when did he do? Oh, when did, when did he do it already? Him? Hitman. Hitman. Yeah. Is all about super and I, stupid. And I, I loved Hitman. Yep. Hitman was the same sort, of, but I don't know. Hitman was really. And they never finished publishing. But then again, it was trades. original because it was what, like, yeah, seven years. It also took place ago. in Gotham, which I thought was really bold. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, it's but just but like, other than that, other than that, I don't think Garth Ennis. Well, Fury, I guess, kind of, but not really. I mean, Fury Punisher, was just a Fury was uh, to me. Punisher he, is very much like that. I don't like. Yeah, I stopped reading Punisher when he used Sp- Spider Man as a club. I mean, yeah. that was the whole the whole idea was that superheroes were stupid. That that's. You know. I, I think that I think that but but the, uh, Ennis does two kinds of books now. This doesn't count Preacher because Preacher's like an aberration. But Ennis does. Um, I don't think Preacher's an aberration at all. It's, an, it's well, I mean, it is, it, for him. it is for him. He hasn't done anything like that or since, and and I don't, which is not a problem. I don't care. It's it's fine. You you do your your, your really huge piece of work and you do something else. But he does these kind of books, which are the, like he plays in superhero universes, but sort of backhands them at the same time because he doesn't really want to. But you kind of get the fact that this pays the bills, and then he does his World War II stories, which he loves. 
completely yeah. different tone. And the Fury book was actually just one of those World War II stories in my mind. Did yeah. you read it, Connor? Yes, yes. I'm, Fury, and I'm reading his current one, which is, is not that good. Battle of Britain? Yeah. yeah. I mean, in war stories and things like that, he researches, he researches something about World War II, some small, like a tank commander in Russia, and he does a story about that thing. And it, it, they're completely different than these. These are just him futzing around, sort of. Yeah. Because he knows that it makes uh, lots of fanboys just be like, oh, you hit him hard. Yeah. You know, and like the first page is the eye pop of the guy's skull getting crushed, and it's just, I just, I've been there so much, I guess. Yeah, I mean, what? I don't know. It's rough. I mean, I, I mean, I'll probably. I'm, I mean, the question is, are you gonna still, are you gonna keep on buying it? I don't I know. That's the question. It, it, you know what? I'll tell you what it depends on. If in a month I go to the store and I have fifteen books or ten t- books, and 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 this comes out, the number two comes yeah. out. I might yeah. pass on it, like if it's too much money. If I'm only getting a few books that week, I might right. get it. I hear you. I think I'll stick with it for a little while, just because I just want to see kind of where it goes. But mm-hmm. it's it's on a it's on a thread, so. Um, I agree. If, it, right. if it's not going anywhere new, then forget it. Yeah. So this is well, a. Fu- let's, hit the, let's hit the traditional superhero book. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me. Like, I'm just like like we're here. Like, thank God we could talk about Fifty Two again. Like that. That's making me excited. <laughs> <laughs> so our first casualty in fifty two. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, so no, they did they did say that people would not survive fifty two. Right. Yeah. Well right. the cover doesn't really futz around much with that. I mean no, if you look it at, at it. At you can... Yeah, no, exactly. The cover just comes out there and tells you that Booster Gold gonna bite it. But so now Do you really think he's dead? Uh, you know, he looked pretty fried to me. Well if it's Wolverine he could come back from that. Well, the, but the thing about Booster Gold is that he came from the future. So who's to say that that Booster Gold from the future, right before he came back from the future, originally comes back again? No, no. What I also caught when um, when he was falling, mm-hmm. and Clark said to whomever, "said Don't worry, we'll get him." Yeah, I was getting the sense that that Supernova yeah. was going to be Superman in this. You think? I think no. he looks a little. No, I did in the like first half of it. He's too he thin. doesn't have his powers. I mean, if you look yeah. at one of your later Superman books, he's. He I still have his don't know what Supernova's powers are. Well, as far as I can tell, they're light. He glows. Yeah. And he flies. Uh, I don't like Supernova. I don't like the mask. You don't weird. trust him. Well, no. I I, see, him. I don't because it's one of those. A real hero would need to wear a mask. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a real hero would register and tell me his identity. <laughs> the, the Supernova. Whose side am I on? Yeah. Alright, here's. Ready for, ready for my controversial uh, statement that'll get us definitely some hate mail? Okay. Alright, bring it on. I'm glad he's dead. Wow. I'm glad Booster Gold. Do you think there's a lot of Booster Gold fans would be upset with you now? Good riddance. Yeah. I like them. I'm, 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 I'm honestly, I'm, I'm upset that he's dead. I, lo- I love Here's Booster. Here's why: because what have they done with him in the last five years that's been interesting at all? Nothing. Nothing. I don't know. So I, therefore, I he's worth more gold. as an interesting, as in an interesting death than he is being in a boring story. Mm-hmm. Interesting. There you go. And, and and does Booster really need to exist without Ted Cord? Not at all. And I, and I, look, I'm a huge fan of the Justice League, Keith Given era. And every, I know all of all the fans of that era are all mad because they feel like all those members are being killed off, and I guess they, they're right. But, um, but he exists listen. in that in that story, and he's good in that story, and he's entertaining in that story. And you can still go back and read those stories. But he's right. he's basically irrelevant in the modern day DCU. So kill him yeah, off. I think make I, more, I think what people more interesting. I think what people forget is that they forget three important things: that those stories aren't going anywhere, and you can go back and read them; that Keith Giffen. Has, there was no plans to go back to telling those kind of stories. We had our little taste a couple of years ago, but that was it. 
Plus, he's and, he's a he's a curmudgeon, and he said kill them all. Right? Yeah. Him. No. And and the last point is that he's freaking involved in Fifty Two. He's doing the layouts, mm-hmm. so yeah. he's blessing everything they're doing. So it's not and like he's from pissed. the from the uh, convention, we learned he's you know he does have some story input just because he's yeah. Keith Giffen. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I don't think yeah, I don't think it's I agree with you. I don't think it's that bad that he's dead, but I kind of I'm, I'll miss him. I like. Him. I was enjoying the storyline. Yeah. I thought it would go on longer. I don't feel like I learned anything. Like, all of a sudden he's dead, and I was like, but they didn't finish his story. But I assume but, that will get finished. Well, his but story so, was that he was, uh, you know, a fraud and a failure, and then he went off. He went out as a hero. I, I hope he's really dead, though, because... I did, too, just because he's not doing anything. Right, yeah. So. And some characters, you know, they've got a, they've got a shelf life, and then... No, I just I on. think it will, like... It's one of those things, like, if you make it not real, then what's the point? Like, oh, it's six feet under. And after a while, you got to realize when something crazy was happening, it was obviously a dream. So right, I, and right. so I never trusted the show after that. I don't want to not trust the comics. You know what I'm saying? But it's, right, you know, no, but the... It's, it's, we're way beyond that point. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, way, way... Well, right, so then the original thing now would be to do, when you do things, make them count and make them matter. Yeah. And and that's... Also, but as a character, he he was perfect for that Justice League book, and... I couldn't even tell you anything significant he has been in since then, mm-hmm. other than the, other than the revisiting of it. Right, and that's just the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Him and Blue Beetle. Uh, I mean, Blue Beetle, They found yep. a way to use Blue Beetle in the in the Birds of Prey, which was kind of neat. But other than that, you know, they existed perfectly for that one book. But since then, they've they've got nothing to do. So might as well use them in this way. Yep. All right. Moving on. Is there any other books you just wanted to mention? Real quickly, Civil War X Men number two. Yes. Um, I have two just real quick things about this. Um, there are, in terms of being an X-Men fan, there are two kinds of X-Men. There's people who get the X-Men and write it well, and that you've got the Claremonts and uh, you know from the back in the day, and you've got right Claremont. now. What's, what's the, no, from back in the day. Um, so Claremont and, straddles both categories then. Yes, yeah, well, does. no, no you don't, I haven't even said the second category yet, so just hang sorry, on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, um, so there's that. Piss off by fanboy night. And so then there's so there's that, and then there's the um, and then there's the people who don't get it and who ruin it, and the Scott Lobdell's and the '90s and Bob Harris and all that kind of stuff. And um, the guy who was writing, who wrote the 198, and now is writing Civil War X-Men, this David Hine guy, I don't think he gets it. And <laughs> Listen, it's, between and you it's, and me, this guy, yeah, I don't, I don't think he gets it. Um, <laughs> and and it's it's and this was the first issue that really kind of starting to get me scared about that. Because I don't know what kind of ramifications that might have, but that's just that's that's just kind of like my little fear. But my nitpick is, and neither of you guys picked up this book, so you didn't see it. But they've unveil, unveiled the government has a new Sentinel design, and it's getting to be all like mecha manga Sentinel oh, kind of no, thing. And I'm just really? like, oh no, please don't leave that shit away. Like Sentinels should be like the classic Sentinel design is one of the most classic character designs in history and you can tweak it and you can uh, you know evolve it and do whatever you want to do but like the that mecha transformer look just you know it's like not mecha sp- iron man exactly it's not supposed to be here so just get rid of it you know what i mean it's not an evolution it's it's just like well well this look is pretty popular and the manga kids they like this stuff and so like let's make it look like this that'll sell Right. You know, like if you look at like when next time you go to the store look at the cover of this book or go online and look at the cover of this book i mean i was just like what is this voltron I mean, it, it wasn't pretty cool. That would be cool. Yeah, it would be cool. <laughs> that would be awesome. So, anyway, so that's that's my little X-Men rant. So I don't know if anyone... Is that a four-issue miniseries? I don't know fucking know. I have no clue. So. How much damage can they do in four issues, really? Who knows? 
So, oh, not. <laughs> all right. Any other books worth discussing? Or um, Robin was good. Robin was really good. good. We keep telling you to go buy it. Like if you want just superhero slam bang superhero action, it's good stuff, and it's smart, and it's cool. fun, and it's well drawn. So there's a little bit of news we wanted to touch on, right? Before we move on. The big, the big story this week in comics the... is that Civil War got all screwy. Connor. Uh, Civil War has been <laughs> delayed. Um, but what's been delayed? Was Civil War number four supposed to come out this week? Yes, okay. come out this week. So was Justice League's number one, but that um, is only being delayed by one week. Okay, and how long? Civil for... War. Let me let me let me get the actual number here. Let me pull it up. Um, this is not just affecting the Civil War book; it's affecting the entire line of books. Right, because stuff that happens in each adding, book. Yeah. yeah, it's all it's all interconnected. So they're adding an actual issue to Frontline. <laughs> so we're gonna have eleven issues of Frontline, which everyone's excited about because no one really likes Frontline. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to find it. You guys talk. Uh, basically, <laughs> stall, stall. Civil War was told that it would be delayed for about a month. It's going to be sometime so, in September. Connor will give it to you. And everyone was like, so, well, why? Are they gonna, did they change the story? Did they do such and such? It's because Steve McNiven's behind on pencils, basically. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're kidding me. No. So they're going to be two months in between Civil War issues. Well, Civil War is, um, yeah, basically, yes. Everything is getting pushed back. Issue number four. Five is going to come out in November now. Mm-hmm. Oh my um, God! You're kidding four me. Four is coming out next month, at the, end, at the end of September, and five is coming out in the middle of. So it's November. a bi-monthly book now. At this point. But here's why. Yes. It here's they why. blew it. No, no, they wait, wait, blew wait, wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's, yeah. let's. I put, I actually posted this on the site because people first immediately just started attacking, and getting really vitriolic about it. But basically, McNiven says that they, they threw the book at him like they were started. You need to start on this right now. He had no lead time. And people are like, well, what does that mean? I think it means that he's drawing a bunch of characters he's never drawn before, for example. And you need time to figure out how to draw them, how to draw those facial expressions, how to make those characters come alive on your page. McNiven is a hell of an artist. We all agree with this, right? Yes. And it got agreed. to the point where he's like, I'm falling behind. I'm not going to be able to get it in time. And they said, well, we can either bring in a fill-in artist. We can, you know, this, this Ramon Box guy can do an issue real quick. No. Right, exactly. <laughs> or they can have McNiven so that when it's all said and done, you've got the seven issues that all look good and consistent. Right, but here's but here's the problem. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. How many books did Jack Kirby draw in the in the height of the days? Listen. The art the art is way more complex. Now. Art is much more complex right now. Look ah, at the rendering on a Steve McNiven drawing. It's way more detailed. It takes yeah. longer. All of the all of our, some of the best artists working right now can't do a monthly book anymore. Brian Hitch can't do a monthly book. Frank Quitely can't do a monthly books. You know Steve McNiven. I don't know if he can do a monthly book. But he can't do this book monthly. But it's I'm sorry. A but big I'm ass hard project, and he does. But, great but, here's the, work. but here's the thing: is that we're talking 22 pages. Okay, there are 28 d- days in a month, and and we're we're saying that the 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 standard rate for an artist should be about a page a day. So something doesn't add up there, then. No, but you're saying that the art that's being done now is the same as the art that was always. No, done. no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. You did in the beginning. You did. I didn't. No, Jack I, Kirby I was, could do it. I, I was making the the comparison that Kirby and all them banged out a shitload of, of books in in no but time. You can't tell me that the no. I'm listen. Like, I'm, I'm I'm now I'm 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 moving my argument on to the fact that I I you're right. The detail is there, and with all the computer coloring and all the shit that goes on now, it's 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 more complicated and that sort of thing. But even then, he's drawing one book on a monthly basis. If the, if there's any concern about it falling behind, they should you know like this. It's the same problem that happens over and over again. I mean like you know like how you know when New X Men came out and it was Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely and then we started 
you know, then Iger Cordy started filling in for Quietly and then was doing complete story arcs. And we, how many issues of, of New X Men did we actually see from Frank Quietly? And, and that's like, why uh, they're, they're delaying it so that you don't get the fill in artists whose art is not as good. Because as at the, the end of the which, day, those, the, the, the sales that they're going to lose because everybody's still going to buy it, right. they're not going to lose so, $1 from sales. So 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 now maybe we should go back and chart over the past five years how many months late Ultimate Spider-Man has been. Listen, I, I would I would Bagley's a machine. He's a machine. Bagley's a machine, but I would he's a, say he's that, an anomaly. But his art also isn't up to the quality of Steve McNiven. Oh, I would say that his art is is up to the quality of Steve McNiven. No they're both, way. They're both fairly detailed. No I think Bagley way. is definitely detailed. Bagley yes. doesn't even do backgrounds. Yes, he does. You, not you're, the too, same. you're too harsh on Bagley. You're I'm not, but he's Bagley. not the same artist. Bagley can do 18 books a month because he does a lot of line drawings. He does simple things. Where, whereas McNiven's got a whole rendered style. It's almost photographic in parts. Like, it takes longer. Maleev was, Maleev was never late. I can't, on, I can't, but I can't tell you why some artists take longer than others. I've got. I mean, a look at look at look at like. Okay, I just, we've put I, this just in I just find I just find it I just find it un, uh, unprofessional and unacceptable. I'm glad that they're not putting like a Raymond Bax or, or a fill-in artist on it. Let me put this in I, a way that you understand. If you took your favorite band and put them in the studio and said you have to make an album every every 28 days, hey, could all hey, of them do it? Hey, I'll, uh, go go back to earlier in the podcast when I talked about Elastica. Their first record came out in '94, '95, and the second record didn't come out till like '99, 2000, 2001, and it was but shit. Different artists We're not talking about different seven years, though. Well, no, that's what, but I'm, but that's what I'm saying is that is that it was anticipated, it was anticipated, and they futzed around, and it never, and it, and the quality wasn't there. I'm just saying that that it's it, and I would say that Elastica turned out to be one of the more unprofessional bands because of that, and 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 it, and it tainted my long-term like of them. You know, and that's and unfortunately, you know, it sucks that that that, that now that's going to happen to Steve McNiven. I'm glad. I mean, it, it's a it's a bitter it's a bittersweet kind of thing to swallow because I'm gl- like I said, I'm glad they're not putting a fill in artist on it because I hate that because you know how much I love the run and all that kind of stuff. But it's just it's just another disappointment. It's just another thing that it's it's another thing to say that you know being late on a book is an okay thing. They're not saying it's okay, and I think they're being. They're, I think what I like about this is they're being upfront about it, and they're saying we've got the choice between. Expediency or, or quality, and we've decided, you know, to go with the quality. It cannot go any faster for whatever reason. He cannot work that fast. My first point is it's ironic that we are talking about the first late book coming from Civil War, not Fifty Two. Yeah. Uh, second point. Yeah, is, but how many times have we said the art in Fifty Two is meh, is rushed and right, sucks? Right, but still, <laughs> it's just funny that we thought yeah. for sure Fifty Two would fall behind schedule, but it hasn't. Civil War did. Yeah, no, I, I do, appre- I do appreciate that irony. My second point is, um, at first I was really annoyed and kind of taken aback and caught up in the whole furor of it. But now that I think about it, and plus I read some, Brian Hitch wrote a really impassioned online post about this whole thing, and I, he totally swayed me to the other side now. Now I couldn't care less. Well, what, did, um, what did he say? He's, rather, the, he's the last person who should be, you know. No, he's absolutely right. He's, this is I'm going to quote him. He says, two of my favorite rereads and collections are Dark Knight and Watchmen. Nobody now remembers that each of these was late at the time the original periodicals was, were, were out. Oh, interesting. It's 25 true. years, nobody's going to care. They're just going to buy the trade paperback. And for me, I'd rather have the seven-issue Steve McNiven book. A perfect example of this is um, Infinity Gauntlet, which George Perez drew for the first four issues, I believe. And it was it was becoming an epic storyline, and then he couldn't finish, and Ron Lim finished the last two yep. issues, and it just completely destroyed the, the miniseries for me. Yeah, yeah. To the point that where I'd, and I'd never buy the trade paperback of it because I don't want – the fill-in artist. I'd rather have. Can you? I'd rather have had George Perez all six, six it, issues instead of four. Yeah, I'm, I'd rather have Steve McDiarmid all seven. I don't care if I wait two months because 
honestly, in the grand scheme of things, in a year from now, I won't remember that he was late. But but you see, but but that's the thing, and that's the and that's the thing, and that, and and like I said, it's bittersweet, and I'm torn on it because you know because I agree because I, I I was and I'm an early McNiven guy, and I'm and like it a lot. But the problem is, is that is that it's a combination of a trend in the industry of of allowing for it to happen, or at least not you know not preparing for it, and then because along, the reason oh, that but hang on, okay. wait. And then along with the fact that Watchmen and, and Dark Knight, that, that's a really good point, and I didn't know that, and I, don't, I didn't remember that, but the fact is that those were self-contained stories. And the thing is that Marvel has built up their entire, the mass of... of, of and that's two, where they fall behind. That's exactly. You can't defend them on. Exactly. Two-thirds thir- two yeah. of, of all of their titles are now, are now need to be pushed back because, because of the domino effect. And that that's and if you when it look, becomes a every yeah. every single book that's related to to uh, Civil War is being delayed. I mean, that, that's the thing is like, and don't get me wrong, like like aside from aside Good. from this, like my life, my 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 job and my and my you know stuff I do is managing projects and managing timelines and managing expectations and all that kind of stuff. And when you slip and you miss a date, there are consequences, and there are no consequences in comics. And that's all you know. There that's, are. The, that's the but that's yeah. because we'll all buy them. But right, the thing yeah, exactly. is, for the and I I put this up on the site for the at the end of the day, Marvel doesn't stand to lose any money from this. Right. Yeah. Their They're trade not. is gonna still going to come out. People are still going to yeah. buy it. We're all going to buy the issues. I don't really care if it's a month later. Yeah. I'm not the even going to They're going to make more money because they're adding books. Mm-hmm. Yep. The I don't know. It's, it's, it didn't happen in the old days though. It's because disappointing. It's disappointing. I'll say that, but I don't really care anymore. And I I think honestly. Uh, I think that comics should abandon the monthly model anyway. Well, and that's the thing. Oh. That's the thing. What I'm, what I'm, well, that's that's kind of that's kind of the point that I'm subtly making is that if this is the state of the affairs that we're in, then take the month away from the cover and just have it be Civil War number four. Or and I, they probably don't have a month on the Civil War thing, but like if they abandon the monthly kind of thing, like acknowledge it. Acknowledge that the 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 medium has evolved and the artist cannot keep up, and therefore the books come out when they come out. People see the people on the one hand demand a really great art with the detailed rendering and the coloring. Yeah. With the other hand, they freak out when it doesn't come out every four weeks. So I think at this point, you have to either say, comics are going to be bi-monthly; they're going to be a little thicker. Yeah. They're going to be every three months. They're going to be twice as big. Or uh, every six. here's the radical one that I wouldn't really. I thought about um, on Subway Home the other day is that if they announce tomorrow that comics are going all trades every six months. Six six issues worth of comics comes out all at once in a, in a trade. I wouldn't I wouldn't blink an eye. Yeah, or or you could do what I, I probably would prefer it. Or or you could do what would I you've what changed. I would do. <laughs> you've, or, I mean, you, you've you've come a long way, baby. You or you could take the approach that I would, which I think the business would freak out and not do. But like, don't solicit any of the issues until they're done. Right. I don't think they can't. They could do that simply right. because of the distribution system. Well, well, no, they they could do that with the distribution. I mean, they could they could do it if they wanted to. Comic stores wouldn't go for that. Speaking of comic stores, it's time to move on. Yes. Really quickly, though. Also, on a side note, All Star Batman and Robin. Oh, who cares? <laughs> um, number <laughs> All Star Batman and Robin was uh, the next issue. Whatever the next, I don't even know because it's been so who long. Cares. It's been, it's been resolicited again for another month delay. So that wouldn't. Uh, you should. I think, as opposed yeah. to Civil War, I think everybody should punish them. And yeah, not I think buy we, them. We, drop the All Star Batman title. Seriously, Frank Miller's not worth it. It's not even Frank Miller art; it's just his writing. Uh, I'm gonna really consider it. Just yeah. come on, do it. Ridiculous at this point. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. Do you know who? I'll do it if I'll do it if Ron drops Civil War X Men. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me let me think about that. <laughs> All right, come on, let's go. Sponsor right. someone. Whoa! Look at the time. I know. 
Comical.com is your best solution for discount of comics and trade paperbacks. Awesome trade paperbacks. All new D Marvel DC Dark Horse image books are 40% off. Stop by their site each month and pre-order the books you want, or if you prefer, use their subscription service and have them automatically send you the same books each month. In addition to current comics, they have excellent selection of trade paperbacks, hardcovers at 30-50% off. With more books arriving every month, check them out at Comical.com and let them know you heard about us. The Red Fanboy, the, the deal is over, but you can still let them know you heard about us here. Yeah, that would help That's us. That's comical.com. Check them out today. And I know people today on the site were talking about, people who had missed the, the pick of the week were talking about pre-ordering it from Comical. So yeah, go to Comical. People must like it. They, people people have comical. used it on there. They've they liked it. I liked it when I used it. So uh, there you go. I liked it. All so, right. Listener all right, listener email. So, um, all right, we got to blow through these. <laughs> um, somebody wrote in, Tim wrote in. He had a question uh, based off watching our San Diego video. He was surprised that we didn't know anything about Naruto. He wanted to know if we actively dislike manga or if we're just ambivalent, don't want to spend any more money on comics than we already are. He lives in Japan, so he's kind of interested to notice this. Um, ambivalent. Ambivalent. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I missed that boat. I think that was. I think. Yeah. I, mean, I think we've read some. I think is. Honestly, like, uh, like Scott Pilgrim is like a weird American manga hybrid. Like that's that's the whole new style that's coming out. Is that it's not pure manga from Japan. It's manga from Americans who grew up on manga. Manga. But manga? I believe. Man manga. See, I don't, we don't even know. We don't, <laughs> but that's... So Scott Pilgrim is a little manga-ish. Americanized manga. And I think, isn't Eagle manga? You know, Eagle was actually... Yeah, well, it was actually Japanese. It's also like, I just don't want to spend any more money, and I just not, there hasn't been a manga title that has compelled me to, to get it. And sure as hell, some cartoon on Cartoon Network isn't going to do it. Yeah. So, so I, mean, I, I, I mean, I don't want to sound... Like we're a little too old for it. It's not that. We just never got into it. All right, so thank you, Tim, for that observation. And I loved I think... all of Lone Wolf and Cub, but I don't think that counts. Okay, so um, our next email is, is, is a fun one, um, um, mainly because he, he titles it to fanboys with a Z. But um, Kevin P. from Doylestown writes in um, about man, the video. Yeah. And on an aside, we get a lot of email, and we get a lot. We, we actually get in, if you, if you ask me, in a, an unbelievable amount of praising email. And we don't right. get that much, you know, kind of criticizing email, which is cool, which is awesome. Um, here comes the criticizing. Here comes the criticizing. He just finished watching the iFanboy video, and he says, wow, he didn't know what he was expecting, but he was way let down. In no interview did he hear a slightly intelligent question about anything. Um, <laughs> I guess he says, I guess like any of us uh, fanboys out there, the main emotion was starstruck, and getting anything out of uh, other than one or three, one or three canned questions was impossible. He knows we didn't want to ask the typical what happened in X issue question, but at least something that tells us as an audience we actually read the book of the person you're talking to could have helped. I know it's your first con taping, so I'll give you a break this time. Th thanks, Kevin. Thanks. thanks for giving us a break. Um, he enjoys the podcast and wants to make it better I'm by TV producer. Hang on, he wants to. He enjoys the podcast and wants to make it better by adding his constructive criticism. Um, thanks for showing him an event that he didn't know existed because he's new to reading comics. Best of luck at future cons. Um, so, so first off, I like constructive criticism. That's really good, and, and he brings up some good questions. Yes. Yes. Um, so how do we want to answer them? <laughs> uh, well, first of all, there, was a, there, were, there were maybe two, inst two instances of Starstruck, uh, which we'll be completely candid about. One is Brian Singer, because we just didn't expect it. Ron was yep. you know, thrust in there, and it's Brian Singer. He's a big-time filmmaker. And the other one was... Was it Joss Whedon? It was, was Joss it Whedon. Dini? I mean, it, well, no, the Paul Dini thing, I don't think, I, I honestly don't think we were that starstruck by Paul Dini. I think we were just more... No, we weren't at all, actually. We I mean, were more giggly like, because of our own kind of weird fandom type thing. And and what actually didn't make the video is that there's actually a somewhat lengthy conversation with Paul about Batman, which we actually cut out. 
Um, Here's the thing, though. We didn't. We went into this with specific goals in mind. We, I mean, as Josh joked about before, Josh and I at least have experience making television, and so we had plans. And um, our idea was not to ask questions about comics because you can go to any Newsarama site or any interview site and read all about the artists and their comic book work. We wanted to know more about the convention experience, not just from the people at the convention, but also from the creators, and that was our goal in the video. We could have easily talked about Queen and Country with Greg Ruck or Detective Comics with Paul Dini or Astonishing X-Men with, with jo- uh, Joss Whedon, but we, we didn't. That wasn't our that wasn't The our point theme. for us, just so you know, uh, in case you didn't get it from it, it was, this is what the con is like. And we were like, here are some of the people there, and, and to us, we had never seen... A lot of these people in this context, anywhere that like fans could go see them, we'd never seen somebody uh, on video joking around with Robert Kirkman, or we'd never seen you know Greg Rucka. We've read interviews with them, we've heard them on podcasts, we've done all sorts of things, you know, and and you know they're just out on the floor. We were like we were running and gunning, and you don't really get a chance. We you don't do a Charlie Rose interview like that, and then yeah. we, we couldn't have done it anyway. And I think the ironic thing is, is that in that con environment, and Kevin, I mean, like you didn't even know San Diego existed before this, and if you ever get to go, you'll kind of know what we're talking about. And this is, I think, with any of the major cons, be it Chicago or now the New York one or whatever, is that you know when you're actually talking to Greg Rucka and you've asked him to do an interview, honestly, the last thing any creator wants to talk about is what happened in issue X, blah, 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 because it's just so overwhelming, and the experience is just it's just comics, 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 and the panels and all that kind of stuff. So we, we tried to take it into, let's not talk about the comics and and the the specific details and more like connor said about the experience of it you know about like what is it like to be here you know and so if you want to hear about greg ruckus comics go listen to the word balloon interview he did or go yeah. read inter- any interview he's done online i mean there's a plethora of places to hear about their writing or their yeah. art or whatever who, whatever they do there's no you know we wanted to come at a unique point of view right. Right. i would and say it, that in almost every single interview that we did with these people you got to see I mean, we we there was they were all unique to the person. They weren't like, oh, "Do you like the con?" Yes, I do. Yeah. What should you see? Like they talked about it. Greg Rucka talked about his behavior towards fans and the way that he does it. That's him. Robert Kirkman, you know, we. I mean, that was just weird. Nut job. Yeah. Was <laughs> well, I, I mean, I th- I think the important thing is is that going into it is that I mean, like we, I mean, whether you believe it or not, we re- we read the books of these creators, and I was, you know, I I honestly could care less about. You know details about Invincible or anything like that. I wanted to meet Robert Kirkman and, and get a feel for what he was like as a person. You know, so and he was awesome. He was awesome. Creeped as far, right out. Yeah, creeped me totally out. But but Kevin, we we do appreciate the constructive criticism, and we're glad that you wanted. Oh, it was a good email because yeah. it, it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't you guys sucked. That was stupid. It actually had points. It was great. So please keep them coming. Um, okay, well, uh, the next two really aren't questions, but they're just kind of interesting emails. Um, uh, St. Paul Doug writes in, uh, and this is I thought this is resonated with us because we've been bitching and moaning about the money aspect, and and he shares that um, most recently he hasn't had the money to follow single issues um, or to pick up trades. So what he's been doing is he went to his local public library and found out that his library has Fables, Why the Last Man, Queen of Country, um, all this good stuff. So um, so he was just kind of reminding us that if you live in you know, a, a town that's got a really good county library, or in a big city, or or anything that has a good library, um, go to go to their go on to their online site, check their internet, internet database, and see what books there are there. So thank thank you again, St. Paul Doug, for reminding us that your local library does carry comics. Yeah. Um, and finally, our, our libraries. I used to go, I used to read before I, I had enough money. I used to go read Preacher and trade form at Borders. <laughs> nice. I'd go I like once that. a I week, and that. I'd be like, I read book two this week. 
<laughs> I used to I used to go to Borders with my friend, and we'd go th- we'd sit through the graphic novels, and I was te- and he he was a co- a casual comic fan, and when we'd go to Borders or Barnes and Noble, I'd tell him like, oh check this out, oh check this out, and like the third or fourth time that we went. I it was the first time I actually rode home with him, and when we got in the car, he lifts up his shirt and pulls out like three trades, <laughs> and I was like, "You stole them?" He's like, "Yeah, every time you tell me a book to get, I steal it." I was like, "Why are you stealing?" It's like, <laughs> you an accessory. I know it was awful, but it was funny. Anyway, <laughs> our la- our last email comes from Rachel Cutler, um, who writes in to end again, not a question, but right in to let us know that um, in answer to Connor's question last week as to. Um, why do people listen to us and what do they do and that sort well, of thing. That wasn't really why. Well, no. But, How'd they find us yeah. and why they, why they back in comics, which we got a lot of good responses on. Exactly. So, so Rachel let us know that she and her husband Jack have always collected comics and they're actually a fun comic collecting couple, which is pretty cool, um, that they both like their comics and um, they both enjoy the podcast and they actually listen to us while they eat their Sunday dinner. Um, because it's a lot like sitting with their friends and talking comics. Um, I hope they're on the dessert now, because this one's running long. Yeah, so um, <laughs> so thank you, Rachel and Jack, and please pass the peas. So, um, so it, was, it was funnier when I said it earlier. Um, so if you have an email, um, if you have a question that you want to ask us or want to tell us, share something with us, you can call, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com, um, or you can call us and leave us a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys. That's three two six two six nine seven. Call in with the questions um, because we we like the voicemails and we love the emails, but we also really like, really enjoy the voicemails. Yeah, so, we we uh, like to we like to hear from our listeners, be it either email or voicemail in any way, shape, or form. So if you've got the time, you know, drop us a line. So. Um, all right, let's you let's wrap that this up. ahead of time. No, I just I, some, sometimes you know when you just start rhyming and you can't stop. Connor, real quick, Frapper. We're either at two ninety four or three oh seven, depending on what number you believe on Frapper. Let's on let's Frapper. go with two ninety four. I think two ninety four is right. more realistic. That's safe. So you could maybe put a pin in our map, and you could see where all the other iFanboy listeners are. The ones who www.frapper.com/ifanboy. You could join Russ Mann, Matt Kramer, Target two forty two, Rachel and Jack Cutler, the aforementioned couple. Gomer, James, Cammy Knox, it's too long for the thing, so it's probably Knoxville. Mark, Ronaldo, Richard Nielsen, Jake, Luke Bat, Justin Walker, and Fred. So people are coming along a lot and fast. And so if we're at 294, that means people six away, are close to three, 300. Let's yep. go. You, Over the top. You could be the lucky 300th rapper person. So. <laughs> and you will got, get no prize. <laughs> get a no prize. Um, so if you want to do that, go to frapper.com slash ifanboy or uh, click the banner in the upper right-hand corner at ifanboy.com. You could also uh, do something similar. You could go to our MySpace page. Yes. Uh, which is uh, MySpace.com slash ifanboy. Yeah, that's... Uh, we've got a little over 100 friends, right? So We're up to 130-something now. 130? Oh, pretty fast. Awesome. I try not to go there. <laughs> MySpace! <laughs> Stop! <laughs> So um, yeah, so go to my go to myspace.com/ifanboy and do that. Also, you can go to um, Podcast Alley or iTunes and you can vote for us or write a review or give us a rate, a star rating or whatnot. Um, but even more important than that, you know, if you've got friends that read comics or people that shop at your store and they're not listening to the podcast, be it ours or anybody else's, tell them about it. Spread the word. Um, that's the best way to get people um, on board. So. Um, and, and it's come, you can come to ifanboy.com. All the discussion is there. All the good stuff. All the books we didn't get to talk about. All the talk is there. And it's a you lot know, of and talk this week. a lot of talk. And also, we had you know the the pick of the week was phonogram number one, and Jamie Mc, uh, whatever his name is uh, came to the site and posted Jamie McKelvey, McKelvey. That's came perfect. to the site and, and answered a question from one of our readers. So that was pretty cool. So um, hopefully, some more creators will be coming our way. <laughs> 
Um, and finally, if you like what we do um, and you want us to keep on doing it, you can go to ifanboy.com slash donations and uh, send a Please couple of dollars. Please give me money. <laughs> send a couple of dollars our way so we can pay our bills and keep giving you the quality content. So... And I, I... Oh wait, quality. <laughs> oh, oh shit. <laughs> Should have mentioned that in the beginning. Then it would have been. No, no. Let's just bitch about de- deadlines for thirty minutes. <laughs> deadlines. That's, that's what the people are like. Somebody's gonna call. I want my twenty dollars back. Deadlines. All right. So we've run late. So we should probably wrap this up. So um, thanks for listening. Um, another week. Uh, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'll be Josh. And we'll talk to you next week. Dun, 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 dun. Woo. <laughs>